Good morning, Faith Covenant Church. Good to see you all. My name is Brad Kendall. I'm the lead pastor here. We are continuing our series on God's Word, wrestling with the, the what's, the why's, and the how's of God's Word. We will be doing Q&A after the message, so if you have a question, please text a question to that number, or you can write a question down on the Ask Pastor Brad card in your uh, seat pocket there. Why don't we pray before we go further? Holy God, we are grateful that we get to move forward into this life with you. And we're grateful, God, that you are present to guide. We're grateful that you have given us a means by which to light our path. We're grateful, God, that you have given us a means to help us understand who Jesus is, who you are. Lord, we have a lot of questions, and it's only because we want to know you more. So we pray, holy God, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears, because we want to know you more. In your name we pray, amen. So, question. Do you want to hear God speak to you? You want to hear God speak to you? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, well, I would say it depends, right? Maybe yes, maybe no. It depends upon what God might say <laughs> uh, and how he would say it. If God has spoken, but what he has said can't be trusted, well, then no, I, I don't want to hear from him. If God has spoken and his words are cruel, then no, I don't, I don't want to hear from him. But if God has spoken, and if he has spoken through love, in love, in a way that is trustworthy, well then sure, yeah, I, I definitely. I, I, I don't know about you, but I would like to hear from God. Our text today says God has spoken, and he has done so definitively, and his word has a name. If you would, grab your worship folder, turn to the very back where the, worship, where the sermon notes are, and there is a text there, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we are going to read this. I'll read it. You can follow along. Our text for the day. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Hmm. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you would, keep this handy. Even if you're not a note taker, keep it handy so you actually can reference that text, or if you like, you can open the Bible in your, in your seat or on your phone or whatever. But let's, let's have this handy as we journey through it. Uh, the good news is from that text is God has spoken, and he has done so actually with great Clarity, verse 1 says, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. What's the writer saying? Well, he's saying God has spoken through his word. 
And we take words so for granted these days, words kind of pile up like trash along the side of our road. You know, we have words just bombarding us on a daily basis. We have no want for words, but for the majority of human history, actually, the written word was pretty hard to come by. To receive a letter from someone, a word from home, was pretty special. It meant news, good news, often, written down to communicate important information. The written word was not just words on a page, actually, but the written word was, this is the speech of another. Often, sometimes, I love someone trying to give me information I needed. So when the writer of Hebrews says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, the writer is saying, God's way of communicating in those days, in those ancient days, was through the words of the prophets. That's essentially what a prophet uh, was. A prophet was someone inspired by God to speak and write the words of God to the people of God. But we shouldn't miss the obvious in that first verse. The obvious is, through the prophets, God spoke. Do you want to hear from God? The writer says right at the beginning of Hebrews 1, guess what? God has spoken. Through the prophets, God has spoken. Good news. Okay, but those are tough words. How are we to understand those words? And, and when I say uh, the words of the prophets, we, we need to recognize this is essentially uh, this chunk of your Bible, okay? The prophets are, go all the way from uh, the writings of Moses through the wisdom literature to the major prophets to the minor prophets. So in those days, that's what God, uh, that's how God was speaking. He was speaking through the prophets. But his word tells us we understand those words. We understand the word through the word Jesus. We understand the word through the word Jesus. Now hang tight because we're going to dive deep here. In the past, the prophetic words written before Jesus, God spoke various ways, numerous times. But look at verse 2. In these last days. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this. other Christians say this. They'll say, well, I think we're living in the last days. You ever hear that? Or maybe you say that. I think we're living in the last days. Just an FYI, uh, the last days go all the way from the coming of the Messiah to the return of the Messiah, okay? So when the, the writer of Hebrews talks about in these last days, the, the last days, what everyone was waiting for in ancient Israel was the day when the Messiah would come and usher in God's kingdom. Those would be the last days before the, the final restoration. The coming of Jesus was the conception of Jesus' kingdom, the return of Jesus is the consummation of the kingdom. So, yes, we are living in the last days. The writer of Hebrews was living in the last days. But in these last days, how has God spoken? He has spoken by his son, the text says. How are we to understand that? Well, imagine if you would, you received tomorrow in the mail a, uh, a big package labeled Genesis. Oh, so you quickly read it, I knew you would. The next day, you read another package, a bunch of writing called Exodus. Huh, you read it, I knew you would. Then every day following, you receive 
books like Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you receive a bunch of wisdom literature, a bunch of poetry, and then you receive books like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Lamentations. You receive little books like Amos. And let's say you get all these words and each package has a return address and the return address simply says God. Well, you've read all those and you would, from those words, you would learn a lot about God. There'd be a lot of questions, but you'd learn a lot about God from those writings, which, were, which are the writings of the prophets. But then let's say one day you're going to knock at the door, you answer it, and it's a Jewish gentleman who says, hi, I'm Jesus. I'm the son of the God who sent you all those words. What's our response? Oh, good. <laughs> I've been trying to discern what God is trying to tell me and humanity through these words. Jesus says to you, absolutely, I can help. I am those words in the flesh. Huh? (laughs) Where in the world do we get this thinking? Where where does this thinking come as we move through the New Testament? It comes from, starting with, the Gospel of John. John 1.1. Read this with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we could preach the next year on that verse. It's so deep. But let's just start here. In the beginning was God's revelation of himself, the word who is Jesus. And John continues, read this with me. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Who says that? (laughs) The word became flesh? That's nowhere else, but it's right there because God's trying to tell us something about his word and his capital W word. One commentator I read this week wrote this. He said, we speak in English, God speaks in son. S-O-N. For Jesus is the language of God. The sonship of Jesus is the language he now uses to speak to us. Jesus is the word made flesh. John 1, 1. John 1. Je- thus Jesus is the word through which we understand all of God's word. Jesus is the lens, the glasses we have to put on to understand God's word. Where's this written? Jesus said it himself. And in a debate with some Pharisees, Jesus said, you study the scriptures, the prophets, diligently because you think that in them you possess eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to me to come to have life. Then verse six later, he says, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Now, if you don't know the scriptures, you might think that Jesus and Moses were contemporaries at the time. No, what he's saying is, hey, just an FYI, Torah, the first five books of your Bible, what is considered the writings of Moses, written thousands of years before the birth of Jesus, this, Jesus is saying, was written all about me. Those scriptures exist For Jesus. Jesus is the words of Moses made flesh. So when it comes to God's written word, we need to understand God's written word stands under the authority of Jesus, the living word, the incarnate word. Thus we can say, 
and I love this, Jesus is, was, and will be God's definitive word. Sounds like a very bold claim, but if you look at verse 3 in our text today, we're going to see two different things the Bible says about Jesus here. The first is mind-blowing. The Son, S-O-N, the Son is the radiance of God's glory. What can that possibly mean, that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory? Pastor John Piper, he imagines the Son, S-O-N, to the Father as a ray of sun to the ball of fire that is the Son. He writes this. He says, there is no time that the Son exists without the beams of radiance. They cannot be separated. The radiance is co-eternal with the glory of the Son. The radiance is the glory radiating out. It is not essentially different from the glory. Christ is God standing forth as separate, but not essentially different from the Father. We see the Son, S-U-N, by means of seeing the rays of the Son. So we see God, the Father, by seeing Jesus. The rays of the sun arrive here about eight minutes after they leave the, the sun, the S-U-N. And the round ball of fire that we see in the sky is the image of the S-U-N, the sun, the exact representation of the sun. Not because it's a painting of the sun, but because it is the sun streaming forth in its radiance. And if all that is confusing, just hear this. Jesus is what God looks like when there are no clouds in the way. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Okay, that's kind of a big thought. Then he gets even more specific. Jesus is God's definitive word because verse 3 says, Jesus is the exact representation of his being. <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. Now, the word here, I'm going to teach you a Greek word. Uh, the word that the writer of Hebrews uses for exact representation is the Greek word character. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard that word before. You probably didn't know. Character is a Greek word. The Greek word character, uh, don't think maybe characters on Netflix. Think characters in an alphabet. A, B, C, D, E. These are alphabetic characters. Now, in the ancient world, before the printing press, there were engravers who would stamp soft or hot metal with a pattern, which the metal would then continue, uh, the metal would then bear the image of that stamp, right? So, what would happen is, for example, the Caesars, the, the Roman emperors, would employ these engravers who would carve the image of the Caesar and the appropriate words on a stamp or die and then use it to make Roman coins. The engraver would use that stamp to make the coin so that the coin gave the, quote, exact impression or, or the, the character of what was on the stamp. So you, if you were a Roman citizen living maybe in Western Europe, you probably would have never seen Caesar face to face, but you might have a Roman coin, and you could say, ah, that's what the king looks like. Now, this is what the writer is using to try to get across to us. Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father's nature and glory stamped into the soft human flesh of the Son. Jesus, the Son, S-O-N, is the character 
of the Father, the exact representation of the Father. Thus, when Philip says to Jesus what we would all like to say to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father. What does Philip say? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen the exact representation of who the Father is. Colossians 1.16 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. I like the way C.S. Lewis puts it. Jesus is what the Father has to say to us. Jesus is then not part of what the Father has to say to us, or even the main thing. He is rather the total content of the Father's revelation to us. Jesus is the last word we need to understand who God is. Who is God? Look at Jesus. So, do you want to hear God speak to you? I hope you've heard this morning that God has spoken. He has spoken through the prophets. He's spoken through his written word And that written word is brought into God-ordained clarity through the living word, Jesus, who is the radiance of God's glory, who is the exact representation of his being. Okay, pastor, so how do we hear God speak through Jesus? Because we want to hear from God, right? Well, we have to read God's written word. God's written word helps us understand God's living word, and God's living word's words help us understand God's living word who help us understand the word. God's word helps us understand his word, and God's word's words (laughs) help us understand the word that help us understand all of God's word. Yeah? Yeah? confusing pastor pastor you're confusing us right do you want to hear god speak to you hear the word of god jesus mark one he's walking into galilee he's going to proclaim the good news he says the time has come the kingdom of god has come near repent and believe the good news do you want to hear from god Hear the good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from your sins and believe the good news. You want to hear from God? The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn. Believe. Okay. Ah, But but pastor, what's the kingdom of God? That's very confusing. Hear the word of God. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The smallest seed. You plant it in the ground, yet when planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. Hear the word of God. The kingdom of God is is yeast in dough. So small, but when kneaded into the dough, everything rises. Hear the word of God. The kingdom of God is is like a narrow road, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life. Pastor, we just want to hear the word of God. Okay, then hear the word of God. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Pastor, I just, I, can you, one more time, what, what's, the, what's the kingdom of God? Oh, the kingdom of God is like a merchant 
looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Oh, Pastor, we, we just want to see the kingdom. Hear the word of God. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Oh, Pastor, it's just, it's confusing. Just well, tell us what God is like. Okay, hear the word of God. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was, was returning to God. So he, who is the word, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he, the exact representation of God, poured water into a basin and began to wash his, his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you says the word of God. Now, pastor, 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 don't confuse us. We just, we're just here because we want to have eternal life. Okay, hear the word of God. John 17, 3. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Well, pastor, be, be more simple. How do I have eternal life? Now, this is eternal life. <laughs> that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one whom you have sent. My point, I'll give it to you in one word. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Hear the word of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, says the word of God. So he who has ears, let him hear. God has spoken. Jesus. Let's pause there for Q&A.